and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward in our virtual sales chat show studio. I have Phil Jessen, Graham Jones, and myself, Simon Hazeldean. And this episode is entitled The Five Most Urgent Questions You Need to Be Asking Your Customers Right Now. As uh, Bob Dylan, um, very famously said rather than sang graham i said sang when we were discussing this graham said he doesn't think bob dylan actually sings so uh he sang or said that the times they are are changing um my goodness that's certainly the case where we are at the moment and a lot of people will understand the importance of being there for our customers that doesn't necessarily mean doing things for them necessarily but it definitely means being there and i think we do need to be sensitive to the changes that are taking place and are therefore we need to be very considered in the sort of questions that we are asking them um, and phil has given some thought to what those five questions that you might want to be asking your your customers right now are so phil over to you sir Thank you. Uh, and I don't want to suggest that these five questions are the only five or the right answer in inverted commas, but picture the scene. Uh, we're talking to an existing customer, maybe one of our top accounts. It should be a very friendly meeting over a cup of coffee. Uh, and we're going to be there for them, as you said earlier, Simon. So my questions follow a model that I came across some years ago based around three F words not including that one. Uh, the three F words are you facts. Had me, had me worried there for a second. Had me yes. worried there. I thought we were going to have to, I'm going to have to bleep you or something. Yeah. Like yeah. that. You're on the bleep <laughs> button. Yeah. Uh, my three F words are facts, feelings, and future. And you'll see how that works when I tell you what my five questions are. So my first question over this friendly coffee would be to say to our customer, you know, what has changed during the last three months? Uh, and of course, in the answer to that question, no doubt the customer will comment on things that haven't changed and things that have changed um, within that business, whether it be things to their customers, their products, their staff or whatever. Uh, my feelings question would be, so what's the mood within the business and how do you personally feel at the moment? Uh, so the mood within the business uh, might include how the workforce as a whole are feeling or how the board is feeling but it culminates at the end with how the customer personally is feeling and my three future orientated questions would be though so when you think of the future what are your future priorities followed by so how exactly are you going to achieve those followed by at the end so how can we help so just to summarize my five uh, what's changed in the business in the last three months? Second question, what's the mood within the business and how are you personally feeling at the moment? Third question, so what are the future priorities? Number four, how will you achieve those? And number five, 
So how can we stroke I help you with all of that? So those would be my five chaps. Over to you for your thoughts and your additions and amendments. No, fantastic. And I think um, my my point is just to say to your comment about having a coffee together, even though that might be being conducted virtually at the moment, but it's that feel of a conversation rather than an interrogation in style. And I think the very best salespeople do probably what I call conversational questioning. So it feels a quite relaxed, soft, whereas I think some of the less skillful people that I've encountered, they almost it almost feels like they're interrogating the customer. They feel like they're dragging the customer kicking and screaming through their questioning format in a, in a rather blunt way that also seems to be mainly focused on finding something to sell to the customer as fast as possible. So I think that would be resisted, particularly if you find yeah. out they're not feeling particularly good at the moment or they're facing some serious challenges. That is, yeah. people's feelings sometimes get magnified during challenging times like yeah. this. So I think the art of conversational questioning, softer, you can still gather some very, very high quality um, answers and I guess also yeah. you know what are, you, what, are you, what are your priorities and how are you planning on achieving it you might be able to ask some questions to help the customer to get a bit of clarity on what on yeah. what those are which means you would yes. have added huge value it doesn't necessarily mean the customer is going to have the answer to these questions no you, you I think you're quite right Simon I, th I think that um, consultative approach probably means we're helping the customer get some clarity and think about things maybe that they ha they haven't yet yeah. uh, thought of. And also that final question, how can we help you? Um, it doesn't matter if the area of help is outside our core services. If the customer says, well, the production director has left, uh, that's one of my problems. Do you know a recruitment agency? Uh, although that's not what we do, if we know of a good recruitment agency and can recommend one or find one, then that indirect value, if I could call it that, is still going to go down very well with the customer. It's interesting, Simon, that you mentioned the need for conversation rather than being, you know, asking interrogatory style questions yes. that lead you to a sale, as it were. Um, because there is research that shows that salespeople who take a conversational approach and just treat it as a chat with people tend to sell more than those people who focus on sales targets. I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> Phil, he's he's bringing in sales targets again, as <laughs> as regular as regular listeners will know. Graham yes. has something I could. It's bordering on an obsession to but mention. No, it, it's not bordering on an obsession. <laughs> It is an obsession. <laughs> the, the, the good news, the good news is that he didn't mention it on the previous episodes today that we've recorded. But bearing in mind, bearing in mind, Graham has an editing facility. He might manage to, he might manage to talk to him, talk to himself after we've gone, Simon, and yeah. and and slice it into the recording. But I think, I, uh, all, all all joking aside. Your intent will loom large in your behaviour 
And if your intent is to really understand where the customer is and what's going on, you'll probably succeed really well. Uh, but if your intent is to find a sales opportunity, of course, you've got to keep your eyes and ears open. We're not saying you don't, but it's how you approach it and how it's perceived. So I think it's the balance of, um, you know, who, is it all about you or is it about the customer? You know, is, is, a, is, a, is, a key, is a key is a key kind of point. Yeah. And, yeah, sometimes the less, the less you pursue something, ironically, the, the easier it is for you to get it, which is uh, – I don't know if you've got any psychological research on that, uh, one, Mr. <laughs> I'm James. sure I can find it. Give me a moment. <laughs> uh, but, but, you see, it's a bit like being a, a GP that – yeah. That you go, somebody goes in to see their doctor and they complain about their headache, but actually what they're really about there for is their stomachache. But they don't yeah. want to talk about that. But the doctor has to drill down into what's changed in their behavior or whatever to find out what the real problem is. And often customers will come to us with one thing, but actually it's something else that's the problem that they need solving. And so yeah. we need to have a conversation with them, a bit like a doctor does with their patient to actually get signals as to what else needs exploring here. And I think yeah. that often we're, as salespeople, we're, so somebody, for example, came to me the other day with a problem they were having with their website. And to them, they needed that thing solving. And actually, when I started talking to them, it wasn't the website that was the problem. It was the way they had restructured their business that was the problem that meant that something wasn't happening on their website. So actually, unless I'd worked out that there were changes in their business, we could have gone off in the wrong direction looking at you know, what they needed to do to fix the website problem. In fact, they didn't need to fix the website problem. They just needed to restructure you know, the, their business in a slightly different way and give different people different responsibilities. I mean, that, that, that actually reminds me, um, I'm not suggesting that these this, these five questions that you would use as a salesperson, but you reminded me, Graham, there of sort of the concept of root cause analysis. So certainly in sort of uh, the sort of concept of total quality, you know, manufacturing, that sort of thing, is that they try to get to the root cause of what is causing a problem. And I, th I think it was people like Toyota, et cetera, popularized the five why concept. So, so we have this problem, why is that happening? And then why is that? happening you dig down and five apparently five whys often and you wouldn't want to do that in a meeting with a customer it might seem a bit unless you unless you reference and label it as a, as a root cause analysis let's just make sure we are actually going to sort this problem out by getting down to the actual root cause rather than just settling for a surface solution so yeah I mean, it's interesting they, they brought you in to talk about websites and you ended up talking about the structure of their business yeah, and frequently that people think it's a website issue or an SEO issue or something, yeah. and it isn't. It's something else entirely. So for another example, I had a company come to me thinking they've got an SEO problem. It wasn't. It was competitor activity. So that that they hadn't been aware that their number one competitor was doing massive amount of offline advertising. And yeah. so what was happening was everybody in that market sector was being diverted to another company. Uh, a brand leader in their market, and they thought that they were they'd done something wrong with their website and had lost SEO points and were trying to, you know, go off to find out what Google had done. It wasn't that at all. It's just that everybody who was searching knew the brand name to search for because of the huge amount of offline 
marketing. You could see their adverts in newspapers. You saw their adverts on buses. You know, they were everywhere. And they, so they, they'd missed the point by focusing on one other thing. And so that they hadn't really investigated that first question that Phil's looked at is what's changed. What's they that? were looking at one thing that's changed, but they hadn't looked at the whole thing. It's an interesting, and I think that's where you've, you've got to be very tempted to not be too shallow as a salesperson in your questioning. I, I sometimes say to salespeople, don't, don't, don't paddle around in the shallow end with your questioning. You've got to go deep and, and dig, dig further down. And that can obviously be done in a conversational manner. But those, that sort of deeper questioning, I think, brings out the greatest value for customers. And you, you mentioned GPs or, or doctors, Graham. Certainly, um, <clears throat> when I'm working with my clients in the med, med tech field, you know, I sometimes use the analogy that doctors don't prescribe until they've, you know, done a diagnosis. And as salespeople, you shouldn't be proposing a solution until you've properly diagnosed the nature of the problem. And that obviously applies to salespeople outside of the medical field, but it was just a particularly useful metaphor for me because they were selling to doctors. But yeah, yeah. you know, that, and, that, and that, those are the salespeople who give the profession a bad name. So they just And also don't forget that the doctors will try and treat the root cause rather yeah. than the symptoms. They would, you know, sometimes they have to treat the symptoms, but they'll try and avoid that. They'll try and find out what's causing the symptoms so they can Absolutely. then deal with that. So we we think we're talking about digging digging in deep. Phil, any any thoughts as we as we come to a close on this one? Uh, no, I think I've um, said my piece on this one. Uh, I, I think all the way through this.